You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help spread the gospel of Jesus, make sure to give us a five-star rating, like, and share this podcast so that it can get out to more people. For tonight's title is, What Did the Gazelle Leave Behind? The Lord threw a little audible in there this, in this evening whenever I was studying, though. Uh, most of my script passages out of Acts 9, uh, 36 through 42, but he threw in Acts 5 also. Uh, he wants a little comparison and, con- and contrast uh, between some believers, I believe, tonight. So, you know, God is an encourager. He's a teacher. He's a counselor. He's a coach. He's a storyteller. He's an accountant. He's a doctor. He's a chef. He's a trip advisor. He's a worshiper. He's a priest. But so are you. Why? Because he created us in his image. Amen. So we're created in his image to carry all those things to our friends, our family, our children, our loved ones, right? He wants us, he wants all of us to be one with him, right? As he's all for us, amen? So tonight, my, my first scripture is out of uh, Acts 4, 32 through 35. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul, neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them on. Listen, the resurrection is what makes the gospel. Without the cross, without Jesus Christ dying and rising up from the dead, there's no gospel. Jesus is the gospel. The the, the resurrection is the gospel. And without it, there is no gospel. Amen. Neither was there any among them that lacked for as many as were possessors of lands or house that sold them and brought the pieces of things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet and distribution was made unto every man according as he had them. They, were, they weren't asked to sell things. They weren't ordered to sell things. They did it out of love for their church. They did it out of love for the families that were in need. They did it for their community. In chapter 5, but a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira, his wife, sold possessions. Listen, they were disciples of the church and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, we just learned that, that, that all these disciples, all the church members who had land, who had possessions, were bringing it. They weren't ordered to, but they were bringing it out of love for, for Christ, for, for the resurrection God that, that, that's served, right? So they're bringing these and they're laying it before the apostles' feet so that they can pass it out to where it needs to be. But these two kept back part of the price, his wife also being privileged. Listen, we come before an almighty God and we get lifted up. We get saved. We get born again. And when we get born again, it's not time for us to hold anything back. It's time to just release everything that we once were and ask God to come into our heart and change us completely. We, we need not to hold anything back from God if we want the fullness of God. Amen. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled, filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? While it remained, it was not thine own. While it, re- while it remained, it was not thine own. After it was sold, it was not in thine own power. Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not li- lied unto men, but unto God. Listen, deception, greed has crept in. He said, Satan has filled you. 
That's why we must guard our hearts before man and before God. That Satan doesn't come in and fill us with, with deception, with greed for the lust of the world, just as Ananias has done. He's held back from God, not man. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all of them that heard these things. And the young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out, and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after, when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yeah, for so much. And then Peter said unto, unto her, How is it that you have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door, and shall carry thee out. Then she fell down, statewards, at his feet, and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. What did they leave behind? What did they leave behind? That's the question. Because the question, the title was, what did the gazelle leave behind? But what did Ananias and Sapphira leave behind? And great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. Chapter 9, 36 through 42. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died, whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. I'm just going to say that's a little bit different than what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. They were wound up and they were buried. She got washed up and stuck in an upper chamber. I'm just saying it's a little bit different. Amen. And for as much as Lydia was not a Joppa and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber and all the widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats and garments with Dork, what, which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all forth, kneeled down and prayed, turning him to the body and said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up and he gave her, gave her his hand and lifted her up. And while he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. And it was known throughout all Joppa and many believed in the Lord. Tabitha and Syriac and, Dor and Dorcas in Greek. And it means gazelle. It was customary in the East for the women to be named after beautiful animals. So, so some of these may have called her Tabitha, but I believe those that were closest to her called her Dorcas. Those that loved her called her Dorcas. Anybody have a nickname that any friends and family call you? I had one in high school and I ain't sharing it, but I had one in high school. And uh, one of my brothers still calls me that, and whenever he does, I just want to punch him right in the face. I ain't going to lie. So she was a disciple of Christ and, and she, and there was a certain job, and there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha. Now, a disciple is someone that just that that doesn't just follow their leader, but very much represents their leader. Amen. So, Second Corinthians five and twenty says that we are ambassadors of Christ. Look back at Ananisa and, and, and Sapphira. Right? They they were disciples, but how did they represent their God? How did they represent their kingdom? Listen, we're ambassadors for the king of heaven. We're ambassadors for the great I am, for the kingdom of heaven. We are in good works and deeds. We represent God to the fullest amount. Every time that we wake up, every time we leave our house, every time that we put our foot on the gas pedal, we're going out and we're representing God. In traffic, at work, whatever it is, at home with our wife, with our children, we represent God. 
And how are we doing with that? Tabitha studied and she applied the fundamental truths and precepts of his teaching to her life. James 1 and 22, it says, But be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And that's something that we're starting to push. Don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. All those people that were there yesterday, it was one group of love. Lots of laughter, lots of love going out, supporting a community. Pastor Robert put out this morning when we were in conversation that most of the people that were there aren't even from Shinston. That's the love of Christ in us, representing the body of Christ. Amen. Tabitha called Dorcas by those who loved her was a woman full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. We'd have to say that she was probably a woman of character. Amen. Amen. In the 1 Timothy 2 and 9 in the NLT, Paul says women are to be modest in their appearance. They should wear decent and appropriate clothing and not draw attention to themselves by the way they fix their hair or by wearing gold or pearls or expensive clothes. For women who claim to be devoted to God should make themselves attracted by the good things they do. I wouldn't just stop there with women. I would say Christians, the good works that we do, that should be what's attractive to the other people around us. It should be the good works that we put our hands to, what we put our plow to, amen? The ground that we sow, the seeds that we sow, amen? The funeral service that we did on, on Friday, we had some people, some, we had about 66 in here for memorial service. And they came in and they had these vests on and it said some lettering that I don't, didn't recognize, but it said demons afterwards. My heart broke. I went to Joel and I said, Joel, whenever I start pre preaching, you start praying that God takes that seed and plants it in the hearts of every one of them that's wearing something on the back of their jacket that says demons. It's the seeds that we plant. It's the good works that we sow. Amen. So we see Dorcas was a modest, humble, sober, busy about the Lord's work. She spent her life in acts of kindness and charity, full of love for God and for man, given in good works of sewing, of sewing coats and garments, straining her eyes to thread a needle. She gave unto many because of her love for her God. Can you imagine? I can't even imagine what it was like in those days to sew. My mom used to sew and she'd hand me that needle and she'd hand me that thread. She'd say, can you get that in there? <laughs> After several tries, I'd give it back to her and she just needed a rest. Her eyes needed a rest, right? And she could just push it right through there. Imagine how many coats this woman sewed and delivered unto people. Dorcas has fulfilled her purpose, so the purpose in which Christ Jesus created in her. In Ephesians 2 and 10, it says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. In Philippians 2 and 13, it says, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God created this plan in Christ Jesus for us. In the ministry of Jesus' life, all this was created for us. In the salvation through the cross, in the helper of the Holy Spirit, our good works is more than salvation. God is calling us to be Christ-like. He's calling us to love. He's calling us to love. He's calling us to love. He's calling us to work, to give, to listen. He's calling us to love. He's calling us to love. He's calling us to love. We read in verse 37 that Dorcas fulfilled her purpose. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died. Whom when they washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. She was loved so much 
because she loves so much. She put herself out there to everybody, making herself readily available to everybody. And when she passed, they loved her. They closed her. They washed her. Ananias and Sapphira, at one point they were loved. But when they fell dead, they were wound up and buried. She was loved, washed, clean, stuck in an upper chamber. She's dead. We know she's fulfilled her purpose. We know that she's fulfilled her plan because of her death, right? Philippians 1 and 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Meaning he's going to return. We're going by the grave or we're going by the sky. But we have to have that confidence in Jesus, knowing that what we're doing is eternal life. It's eternal works. He's got crowns of glories laid up for us, different crowns. And we can receive one of each, maybe more than that. I don't know. But it's about our good works. Her time's come. She's run a race. She's finished her course. Her good works are done. God has called her home. What did Dorcas leave behind, though? She left a lifeless body, an empty shell, carefully washed and gently laid in an upper chamber. It looks like she had no family or was a widow, perhaps childless, possibly the only Christian in her family. In any case, she was a beloved, faithful sister in Christ, appreciated in her life, mourned in her death by the family of God and those that received her charitable gifts. She left a community, her church, in a much greater condition than she found it. We can see by the love of the saints for her, she lived according to to the God she served. Saints, Christians, many of us will only have one chance in life. Will we fulfill our purpose? Will you fulfill your purpose? What legacy will you leave behind? Hebrews 9 and 27 says, and it appointed and it is appointed unto men once to die. But after this is judgment. You got one life to live. You've been reborn. God knocked at your heart. Many of us that are here tonight, we've been reborn. We come back out to get filled again. Sunday morning is not enough for us. We've been reborn. But what are we doing with it? Are we taking it and applying it to the world that we live in? Love, love, love. Her charitable acts flowed from the heart she had for God. This wasn't her duty. This was her ministry. And she loved it. The saints loved her so much for it that they sent to Joppa to get Peter. Why? Because everybody wanted the head disciple to do the funeral service. Then Peter arose and went with them. In verse 39, when he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber. And all the widows stood by weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made. I can only imagine them right there. How many people? You know, whenever you're a kid, my mom made a quilt for everybody in the family. And whenever we'd show up, mom would give us that quilt and we'd all start comparing those quilts. Mine's better than yours. Look at this. Oh, she put this on my quilt for you. And then, you know, and, you, and we just, we compete, right? And these people, they're just proud of the work that Dorcas has done for them. While she was with them, it says, she made these, these clothes. Peter, he must have been an awestruck. Awestruck of how much this woman had done for the church, for her community. The anguish, the tears, the sorrow, the separation from the ones who she touched and how she changed their lives. He's a loss for words. 
But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed. And turning him to the body, said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he called the saints and widows, presented her alive. And it was known throughout all Joppa. And many believed in the Lord. Because of your good works, because of what you do, many will believe in the Lord. Can we talk about Peter for a minute? Peter put them all out. He had to stir up his faith. We know what happened. Sometimes we have to stir up our faith as believers and remind God of who he is to us. Peter's going to remind him of a time. It doesn't say what he prayed, but I'm just wondering if I was Peter, because there's times that I act a little bit like, like Peter with God. I bet you he was saying, Lord, I remember going into this house. Jesus knocked everybody out, but James and John and myself, it was Jairus' house, Jairus' house, right? And he said, he put everybody out. I remember, they said that, they said that the girl was almost to death. And Jesus said that she's only sleeping, Lord. Only sleeping, she's not dead. Peter's remembering all this, stirring up his faith because they called. And he went, he went by the unction of the Holy Spirit into that room, right? We're talking about believers here. Two that failed God, one that's loved all, and one that's a disciple who's one in greater faith. Amen? Amen. He went in. And I believe it. He said, Lord, you see Tabitha. He didn't even call her Dorcas. He said, you see Tabitha. She needs to be raised up back to life. For she is, she's loved, Lord God. You see that she's a pillar of this community. Just as valuable as, as Jairus' daughter was to him in that community. Tabitha is. Lord, you see all those that mourn, all those tears that have been cried. You see the anguish and the suffering of everybody that she's touched, the loved ones. He says, Lord, she's been a faithful servant to you. Would you just raise her up? Can you imagine? We have to stir up our faith before God. There's times that we hit roadblocks and stumbling blocks and we got to stir up our faith. We got to remember what God has done for us. We got to stand up and just ask God, reflect on it. Our medicines, whatever we, that we do in our life, our children, those unctions that we have by God, we just got to continue to press in until we get that, that voice that says, I'll do it for you. Peter pressed in and he asked God, and God answers Peter's prayer and Tabitha opens her eyes. She sits up. She returns to the saints and the word of this miracle spread throughout and many believed in the Lord. Listen, we're closing in on last days of our lives. I'm only 46 and I believe I'm going to see the Lord come back. And I never thought I'd ever see it. But our works matter. What we do matters every day of our life. Put our best foot forward, amen? I believe that signs and wonders and miracles are coming. Don't give up. When people fall, Ananias and Sapphira, when they fall, pray for them. Lift them up before God and say, God, I remember whenever I was in that place. Have grace on them. Lift them up, up out of that miry clay and establish them again. Only you can do it. And allow the Spirit of God to groom them and grow them and mature them in the way that God wants to. In closing, in closing tonight again, I will ask, what will I leave behind? 
What will you leave behind? Will we leave behind evidence of our existence in this world? Good works, alms deeds, the fellowship with the saints, the tears of those whose souls we touched and changed for good? Or will we leave behind unfinished business? Ananias and Sapphira. Unforgiven sins, lost souls, confusion and strife. We don't know the hour or the day which will draw our last breath. Neither do we know the hour that Christ will return. And I say unto you and to myself that we need to learn from Dorcas. Take every redeeming moment to impact lives. Redeem the time that God has granted us. Live life to the fullest. Give our hearts to God every morning. Even if you're in aching pain, get up and say a prayer. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for life. Lord, make my path today. Establish what you want me to do today. Make my spirit open to your spirit and enlighten me. Give me words of knowledge. Whenever I run in contact with people, give me words of knowledge, words of wisdom that I can say that maybe only you and they know. That way they know it's from you and not me. We should just, we should just ask him every day. Lord, I give my heart to you today. Make me more like Tabitha. Make me more like Peter. We should allow our hands and our feet for his service. Yesterday was such a pleasure to see so many people working in so many different areas. So much laughter. And it was, it was hot. And they worked hard. But everybody accomplished everything that was set out to do. More than, more than I imagined that we would accomplish yesterday. God redeemed you for a purpose which he created for you. Seek him. If you don't know your purpose, seek him. If you think you fulfilled your purpose, you're still alive. Ask for the next purpose. Amen. Open up and allow God to work through you. Last question. What will you leave behind? What will you leave behind? If you will, bow your head and close your eyes. I don't know everybody's heart, but I believe that most of you, if not all of you, are saved. If there's any here tonight that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, I would encourage you to raise a hand. I'd love to pray with you. Again, we don't know when we'll draw our last breath. We don't know the day that Jesus Christ is returning. And I'm just asking you to examine your heart. Is it right with Christ? Is it right with God? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are blessed to be reborn. We're blessed that you knocked at our heart and that you restructured us for your purpose and for your glory. Lord, help me to examine my own self. Help me to do a better job of surrendering my own self to you, Lord. But I pray that for everybody, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, that we feel that unction of the Holy Spirit. Fill us with words of knowledge and wisdom to pour out to other people. Lord, help us to walk with love, even when we're cut off in traffic, even whenever our child is rebellious, even when our siblings make us mad. 
Help us to walk in the fullness of God, the love of Christ. He gave it all so we could have eternal life. Lord God, we surrender everything to you tonight. Our hearts, our minds, our days, whatever's left of us, Lord God, here on this earth. Help us, Lord God, through the Holy Spirit that we fulfill that purpose which you created in us. Help us to leave behind a legacy, Lord God. As Pastor said today, when we walk through those doors, say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thy Lord, thy God, we love you and we surrender to you in the name of Jesus and amen. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. 